listening to Green State, a podcast by the Oregon Department of Environmental Quality, the agency responsible for restoring, maintaining, and enhancing the quality of Oregon's air, land, and water. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Green State. I'm Dylan Darling. And I'm Lauren Wordis, and we're Oregon Department of Environmental Quality Communications staff talking about how DEQ is protecting your air, land, and water. And I can't believe how quickly the end of the year is approaching us. I feel like I say this every year, but all of a sudden, we're right in the middle of the winter holidays. And one thing that uh, comes with the holidays is a lot of food, whether you're hosting or attending a full dinner or like a party with a lot of snacks. At some point, you'll probably find yourself with extra turkey, ham, some form of potatoes, bread, treats, you know, all the stuff that comes with the holidays. Definitely. I know each year my family makes tons of dressing or stuffing, whatever you might call it along with sweet potatoes. So we always end up with just tons of extras. And now DEQ's materials management program is part of the agency that thinks about how we can be more sustainable and how we use all materials, including food. Lorna and I reached out to the folks in that program who are working on reducing food waste in Oregon. And I don't want to steal their thunder by giving away the exact stats because it was really interesting. But the impact that wasting food and by wasting food, we mean having um, to throw food away that could have been eaten because you don't need it or you just got tired of it or it went bad. But wasting food has major environmental implications, um, including for climate change and reducing food waste could really mean a lot for your household budget. And the stats were pretty staggering. So I'm excited for everyone to hear about that. It made me want to pay more attention to my food waste. Me too. I found it just so fascinating. Now let's transition into our interview with Elaine and Katie, both again from DEQ's Materials Management Program. My name is Elaine Blatt. I'm a senior policy and program analyst at Oregon DEQ working in our materials management program. And I've been leading our work on food and food waste prevention for nearly seven years. My name is Katie Romano. I'm the communication and outreach specialist for the materials management team with DEQ. And I get the pleasure of working with Elaine on food waste prevention, programming and messaging. So what is it about this time of year? Why do we end up with so much leftover food? Food all throughout the year, food has this incredible emotional connection with people. And then at the holidays, I think it just get that just gets amped up probably to the 10th degree because it's a time when we're bringing people together. We want to show our gratitude to our friends and family by giving them great meals. And we want to be generous and we want to show our caring for people through through food. And then on top of that, it's, uh, you know, the holidays are a time when we're cooking foods that we don't eat the rest of the year. So all of a sudden, we're, our emotions are tied into these foods that we remember from our childhood and things that are favorites, but we only have them once a year. And so we want to have a lot of those foods. And so I think all of these come together to create a situation where we may have more food than we know what to do with. Absolutely. Realizing that, you know, lots of leftovers is probably just going to be the reality right now. What is your advice for someone feeling a little overwhelmed by the number of leftovers they might have where they want to use it all, but where should they start? 
First of all, frankly, in this day and age with the internet, there are endless recipes out there for various interesting and exciting and creative ways that you can use your le- your leftovers, ways that accommodate people who aren't real foodies and, and, and interested in doing comp- complex things in the kitchen, all the way to people who want to make complicated soups and casseroles and so forth. Some of the, the, th- the interesting things I've seen online for dealing with uh, Thanksgiving leftovers, for example, include, and I think this is really interesting, stuffing waffles. I had never seen stuffing waffles before, but you apparently stick a glob of your stuffing in your waffle iron and then you you make it into a waffle and then you can serve it with with additional gravy or, or something like that. But um, but sort of on the simple end of things, there you know, there are recipes for things like turkey enchiladas. If you like curries, it's easy to whip up some curry with turkey and serve it on rice. There's all kinds of interesting stuff you can do with your leftover mashed potatoes and sweet potatoes, like make them into little cakes and, and so forth. If you, if you really want to sort of get into more complicated cooking, you know, you can you can can uh, boil up that turkey carcass and make your own homemade broth and then and then make soups out of it and, and toss in all those extra vegetables and so forth that you still had at the end of the of the meal. And then I think I'll just wrap up. I know that that many of us come from from traditions where green bean casserole turns up at Thanksgiving quite a lot. And there are, th- are things you can do with green bean casserole. And one of the most interesting things I saw online was was to put it in a quiche. <laughs> so you know, there's, that's a, a way to so that you're not stuck eating green bean casserole for weeks on end. I'm writing these down as, as we talk. There's a lot of great ideas that you guys are sharing with us. Do you happen to have a favorite thing to do with leftovers? So I'm lucky to be married to someone who's a much better cook than I am. My husband is the type of person who takes the turkey carcass and, and boils it up and makes soups and, and who might actually whip up a little turkey curry to serve over pasta or something. So I, I like to take leftovers with the exception of stuffing, which I love and I will eat as is after after Thanksgiving. I like to take Thanksgiving leftovers and do something new with them. I agree. I also love making broth that I can use throughout the holiday season from turkey carcasses and, and other veggie scraps throughout the year, as, but especially there's a big abundance of them during the holiday season. And I also love previously we mentioned like turkey enchiladas, things like that, I think are very fun to reincorporate different elements in a new way. I grew up in a part of Southern Colorado that has a very um, strong Mexican-American influence. And so adding some spice to what are um, occasionally otherwise somewhat bland holiday meal items can really give it a whole new life. Yeah, as I've been thinking about this and learning about it, I think those kind of you want to keep the flavor that was and kind of keep the stuffing going or do you want to change it up, add some spice? I think like the enchilada idea is a great one. And just, you know, that's on whoever's eating the leftovers. Do you want to keep tasting the tradition or, or change it up? Yeah, those are great ideas. And I think even the broth thing, I mean, I was looking it up because, for example, I don't have like a big stock pot or anything. My dad used to do that growing up, but there are you know, everything's on the internet, right? So like how to do it in a slow cooker, how to do it in an instant pot, how to do it in probably any other container you might have. So I think as you were saying before, Elaine, like the internet's just such a great resource for if you're trying to, if you want to do something to, to maybe reuse food or just, yeah, have something available down the road, the internet is a a wealth of information on how to use what you have. And wondering if there are any things that are a little bit trickier to deal with and any pro tips you have for helping out with those items. Another good thing you can just do with leftovers is freeze them. You know, maybe maybe you don't want to eat turkey for the next three weeks, but you'd really like to eat turkey 
sometime out in the future. So you can package up your your leftovers and, and put them in the freezer, label them to make sure you remember what they are, put a date on them so you remember when when you put them there. The best advice I've seen about freezing is to make sure that you wrap things up tightly and keep the air out of it so that uh, you can prevent freezer burn. A couple of freezer friendly foods include cheese and other milk products, as well as dairy free milk. It looks like can also be frozen and stored for several months. Eggs freeze really well as as well. So if you're part of a family who the holiday meal is an all day affair and you want to do kind of like an egg bake or some sort of big family breakfast dish as people are coming over or if people you have like a, a Christmas Eve to Christmas Day celebration and you want something for breakfast on Christmas Day, you can make an egg bake, freeze it in advance, and again, just be able to utilize that the next day. We've talked a lot about about how we can use leftovers in our homes, but we didn't actually talk about one, I, one of the ways that I think is a, is a prime way to manage leftovers after a big holiday meal. And we are facing more future holiday meals, as, as Katie mentioned, in, in, the, in December and, and early January, which is to basically send them home. Send them home with your guests. It's good food, and and even and and even better, invite your your guests to bring containers so that they can just you don't have to use disposable containers, and they can just fill up their own containers and take the food home and enjoy it after the meal is done. That's a great idea. Yeah, so that that way you're not in the position of having you know several like 10 pounds of turkey or something left over. And I know I've gotten together with friends because, you know, everyone has a little bit of a different Thanksgiving and we all bring our stuff. And that way, you know, I might have one type of stuffing. Well, I know, like I'm like you, Elaine, I never get tired of stuffing. So this is a bad example. But if a person for some reason were to get tired of stuffing, they could have a different type or, you know, someone does their turkey differently or has a different flavor of cranberry sauce. Sometimes even just those small changes about the ways your your friends and other people do things can really just sort of make it make it a little bit alive again. Yeah, it's just nice. And, and I have this really fond memory of having Thanksgiving dinner with my aunt and uncle when I was first out of college in my first job. And my aunt was a lovely woman. And at the end of Thanksgiving dinner, she would basically package up what she referred to as TV dinners for each of us, the young, the young people in the family. There were lots of cousins. And she would send us home with a second Thanksgiving meal at the end of Thanksgiving dinner. And back and back then, you know, as a, in my first job and living alone, that was great. My aunt does something similar and she just has a bunch of tin little trays and then the tin foil on top of it. So if you worried about creating more waste by, you know, finding something to carry your leftovers in. Thankfully, that material is recyclable. Or if you happen to know my sister, she just carries like food storage containers around in her car. And uh, we all count on her to like, I don't know, family tradition of giving my sister back her containers from last year and filling up the new ones. We have you on the podcast because you are waste prevention experts and you follow the trends of waste prevention. Is there anything new or different out there when it comes to leftovers? So I'm going to say that while there are always, you know, new and interesting ways that people prepare food and utilize food constituents and, and leftovers, the fact of the matter is that, that reducing food waste is easy and it involves doing the kinds of things that are available to all of us and that don't require any new special knowledge. Things like just making sure that you're aware of your leftovers and you put them in a place in your refrigerator. So when you open your refrigerator, you go, oh my gosh, there's the leftover turkey. Let's see what we can do with it. Knowing how to store things properly. We haven't really talked about that. One of the best ways that you can can save your holiday le uh, leftovers is to make sure that you quickly get them 
packed up and into the refrigerator because one, it's safer for you in the long haul to get them in the refrigerator quickly, but it also means that that food will last longer. So you'll have more time to use it. So there's really not a lot new to know about reducing food waste in your home other than, um, then to, to, to be mindful and to store things properly and, and to make sure that you that you can see what you have and that you develop a mindset of asking, do we have things we could eat tonight that are in the that are in the fridge now? It's not that the food waste prevention techniques are new necessarily, but I think that there are a lot of new ways that we talk about food waste prevention. And I think that's what's causing a little bit more of a movement and more of a a communal understanding. So one of the campaigns that we're really proud of for DEQ is the Bad Apple campaign, where we seek to not let good food go bad. Some of the things that we've utilized within this campaign to communicate to the public why food waste prevention matters is by quantifying it in dollars. That's one of the number one things that that everyone really cares about is how far is our money going, especially during these times impacted by inflation. We really want to make sure that the food that we're purchasing at the grocery store is nourishing our bodies, is feeding our families, is doing what we want it to do. So some of the statistics that we work with for that campaign is looking at how spoiled food can cost each household in Oregon, this is each individual household, $1,600 a year on average. If you could have $1,600 a year in your pocket for extra grocery shopping, that'd be excellent. So kind of these techniques to really shift that mindset of what Elaine was talking about, opening up your fridge, thinking, oh, shoot, I totally meant to use this, but now it's not good anymore. Being really proactive and mindful about what food waste prevention may look like in your household, how that not only saves saves food that would otherwise be thrown out, but also saves your household money and is a really effective tool to better communicate and think about these different concepts. One of the challenges is I think that that most of us are simply unaware of how much food we waste and what the nature of that waste is. We know from DEQ's own research that the average person in Oregon wastes about two, two pounds or so of food a week. On, on average. And we also know that that wasted food is made up of about 70% stuff that could have been eaten if it hadn't been left to go bad. So it's so 70% is not bones, not peels, not eggshells and, and, and so forth. So that 70% is the, is all this food that, that each of us could have eaten. It could have saved us money if we hadn't if we hadn't let it go bad and then we don't have to, to manage it as waste. So those numbers start to look even worse during the holiday season. Big national organization called Refed that does a lot of work in food waste around the country decided to, to do a little bit of an estimate of how much food is actually wasted in a, in a standard Thanksgiving meal. And one of the things that they calculated is that we waste as much as a pound of food per person at Thanksgiving alone. So that's basically half of the waste that we ordinarily would generate the rest of the year. We we generate at Thanksgiving and other similar holiday meals. That data really puts a sort of a finer point on what we're talking about here. And as we're thinking about all the things I know, I've my family's definitely probably been guilty of this. But like, right, when you think about what you're doing for Thanksgiving, I'm sure it even starts like upstream, like, okay, for like 10 years, we've had I'll pick on olives. I'm not a fan. We've had the olives. 
I'm, you know, I could buy olives because I know two people in my family love them. If they stay with me, they're going in the trash, you know? So it's like, all right, what, who's going to take this home? You're talking about planning for it or like, do we really need this? Like every year we get it because we always have, and no one really loves it. Do we still need to be buying it? Yeah. Well, Lauren, I think that that's a, a great comment to make because we started this conversation by talking about why it is we end up having so much wasted food at the holidays and, and the fact that we feel like we need to have everything for everybody. It actually would be nice to start that kind of conversation with with your family about, you know, what would be what would be a really great Thanksgiving dinner this year where we can focus in on the things we really love and then and then plan to use whatever leftovers we have from those things. But I was just curious if and how composting fits into DEQ's research in food waste. I mean, obviously, that's food that's wasted because you missed the window of eating it. But it's also sometimes like the parts of food you can't eat. I Now I'm curious. <laughs> One of the things that we do want to do is try to keep organic material out of landfills. Now I'm going to go all, you know, an environmental impact <laughs> on you. When, when we put organic material in, in landfills, it decomposes into methane gas, which is something like, you know, 28 times as uh, potent as carbon dioxide. And so we want to reduce the generation of that kind of gas. And so so the way we can the easy way we can do that with with food that has already become waste is to put it into composting or or process it through anaerobic digestion to be made into to renewable energy. So that's all really good. As sad as it makes me, I think we are always all going to generate some food waste that goes beyond the peels and the shells and, and so forth. And so when we do that, we do want those kinds kinds of ways to be managed properly. However, the greenhouse gas reduction potential of preventing food waste generation in the first place is vastly larger than the potential of simply keeping that food out of the landfill. When you put a ton of food in a landfill, it generates about a half ton of carbon equivalent, so methane or methane gas. If you don't generate that food waste in the first place, you have a carbon reduction potential that's six to seven times higher. And that is because the uh, greenhouse gases that are generated in the production of food itself is, is so high that every time we waste a pound of food, we are actually wasting all of we are wasting all that greenhouse gas generation that occurs now for no reason because we didn't eat the food. We're also wasting the land that it took to grow that food. Um, it's been estimated that if all the wasted food in the U.S. were grown on one big farm, it would create a farm that was three quarters the size of the state of California. And then there are other resources tied up in the, in the production of food that get wasted every time we waste food. Among them are water. And it's been estimated that, uh, that the water that it is required to grow food we don't eat um, is equivalent to all the water in Texas, California, and Ohio combined. And and that doesn't even begin to account for, you know, the fertilizer that you use, the chemical pesticides that are used, the energy and running the farm equipment. All of that gets tied up in what we're wasting every time we waste a pound of food. How great you guys, you know, we started at the holiday table and, and looking at the leftovers, what to do in the kitchen. And we've expanded out to this big picture of greenhouse gas and all this. And, and we've been talking about food waste prevention. It sounds like there's actually a week in April dedicated to this, a food waste prevention week. And we actually at Green State, we plan on doing a, a deeper dive into this topic. But is there anything you might want to mention as a teaser to that? as we look ahead to April. 
It's something we're very much looking forward to here in the state of Oregon. This is the second year that Food Waste Prevention Week has quote unquote gone national. It's an, an idea that was created in California a few years ago. They didn't get very, they didn't, they did it once or twice and then stopped doing it. But I, uh, an organization in, in Florida came together and decided they wanted to do uh, Food Waste Prevention Week in Florida, and they, they ran it for a year or two before it went national for the first time in 2022. And so in 2023, we've got some really big and interesting plans. Food Waste Prevention Week really keys in on social media. We want to make it easy for people to, to access information, and we also want to make it fun. So for the week of April 10th through April 16th, um, it will be possible to participate in a number of online activities starting with some online games involving trivia quizzes. And you can participate in those games every day during the week and, and earn badges and, and learn about how you can reduce food waste. There will also be webinars for people who want to do a deeper dive into issues around food waste. And then we are about to plant to kick off planning for what we hope will be some special events here in the state of Oregon that could involve now that we're kind of past COVID some live uh, activities where people can show up and do things together, um, maybe maybe involving trivia at uh, at breweries. We don't know. Um, that's one of the things we're looking at. But another thing we're looking at that I want to let people know is, is a day of community service, because one of the things we haven't talked about today in the podcast is that while we're all enjoying an abundance of food, we have people in the state of Oregon who don't have enough to eat. And while it's hard for us as, as members of households to donate food to those folks because it's just not, it's often not appropriate, what we can do is help local food pantries around our state serve food insecure populations. Absolutely. And highlighting a couple of the impacts from Food Waste Prevention Week in 2022, we saw interactions from over 1.5 million individuals on social media platforms like Instagram, 3.8 million interactions on a platform like Facebook. That's over a 400% increase from 2021. So we, what we were talking about earlier in that the techniques for food waste prevention aren't necessarily brand new. I'm sure someone who's been homesteading for their entire life is probably like, oh yeah, I could write a book on this. And yet the reach and the interaction and, and people wanting to know more and wanting to really engage with this is becoming more of a movement. And in 2022, we had 183 partners in 30 cities nationwide. So we're really looking forward to this, this year's uh, Food Waste Prevention Week and how we can, can expand that reach even more. That's amazing. And since you all are building on all of those resources, I'm wondering what are some of these web pages and videos and resources you recommend listeners maybe check out first before all of that starts rolling in April? Our own campaign website, don't let good food go bad.org, which is focused. If you go there, you'll find the bad apple. And the bad apple is a cheeky little character who's running around stealing your money because you've been wasting food. When you go there, you'll be able to see videos that provide tips about how you can better store your fruits and vegetables so they'll last longer. Uh, ways to uh, to organize your refrigerator so that you don't lose things in it and other tips mainly to prevent spoilage because that's that's just such an important area for us in, in helping people prevent wasting their wasting of food. There's the Food Waste Prevention Week website itself. You can find more information on the 2023 Food Waste Prevention Week activities at www.foodwastepreventionweek.com. You know, we've talked a little bit about about keeping your holiday leftovers and using them. I know that for some people, it's a concern because people are, are concerned about food safety and they're afraid that if they keep food and, and eat it, it will make them sick. And I just wanted to mention that the CDC 
the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, our own Oregon State University Extension Service all have websites devoted to food safety, in particular food safety around the holidays, that will actually give you a lot of valuable information about how you can safely store your food and how you can make sure it's still safe to eat when you eat it. Thank you, Elaine and Katie, so much for joining us today. It was so good to talk about leftovers. It's been great having this conversation. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. I really enjoyed talking to Elaine and Katie. They have so many great accessible tips on how to reduce your food waste at home. Agreed. And like we said at the beginning of this podcast, the impact reducing food waste can have on your budget and the environment is remarkable. Saving $1,600 could buy you a lot of stuff. Just for fun, I looked up some of the things you could buy instead, and that would be an iPhone, Apple Watch, and AirPods, 800 medium coffees from Dutch Brothers, uh, yes please, over 2,900 Franz bagels, over 260 pints of beer, um, again, uh, I'd take that one, and also 3,200 peeps. Uh, just in case you're getting ready for spring already. And now those are fun and goofy options, but this is a lot of money that could really put a dent in other household bills and other groceries. Absolutely. That money makes a real difference to people. Just to review, here are some of the things you can do to prevent food waste and save that money and buy those 260 pints of beer. First, know that you'll have some sort of leftovers, so plan for it. If you're hosting a dinner, a party, something that will generate a lot of extra food, think ahead about how you'll use those leftovers or even just send them home with guests. And next, the freezer is your friend. Most things can be frozen if you wrap it tight in saran wrap um, or in a bag. Just focus on preventing air from getting to it. And last, if you're struggling with how to use your leftovers, the internet is also your friend in this case. Just type in how to use leftover fill in the blank, leftover potatoes, leftover whatever. There are so many suggestions out there. And try to involve your friends and family. Maybe you know someone who knows how to jar things or make broth and just have them help you. Definitely. And I also loved what was said about recognizing that there are people not experiencing this abundance and who need food. There are many options to volunteer to give out food to people in need so we can all help out with that. I know we talked about a lot of resources on this podcast, so make sure to check out the show notes to find those and links to some of our other amazing work that DEQ's materials management program has done to understand food waste in Oregon. And that is a wrap for our 2022 podcast. Thank you to everyone who listens out there. If you have anything you'd like us to cover in the new year, please do write to us at green.state at oregon.gov. We'd love to hear your suggestions and, uh, and take you up on them. Absolutely. Keep those show ideas coming. Have a great new year and we'll see you next time on Green State. Hey, Green State listeners, Lauren and I will be taking a break in January, so the next episode won't be out until February. This will give us a chance to put together our plans for the year ahead when we'll bring you more podcasts about how DQ protects organs, air, land, and water. 
Thank you for listening to Green State, the Oregon Department of Environmental Quality's podcast. And thanks to all the voices who contributed to the conversation. Our music is by Jason Shaw at audionautics.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you get our upcoming episodes. You can listen pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. Feel free to rate and review. And if you have any questions or ideas for topics for us to cover, you can reach us at 503-451-0585 or by email at green.state.oregon.gov. To find out more, go to dequblog.com slash greenstate.